I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. <laughs> Y'all know who I am. What's good? Welcome back to the Pop Off Podcast, a conversation show about the 25 best players in the NBA. The season tipped off last night. The Lakers lost to the Nuggets. As we're recording this, the Suns and Warriors are about to tip off. I'm Ralph Campiano. I'm your host, and I'm joined by two analysts, two experts, two delicious young gentlemen. Jack McCoy and Jack Martin. Martian, your first time back on the pod in a hot minute. We used to host a podcast together. I'm not sure if you listened to the Marty pod yet or the Killers of the Flower Moon one yet, but Murfeld gave you a shout out. He said he missed you. And I think I listened to it. I think our audience misses you too. So welcome back. Dude, it's good to be back. Um, ready to suffer through another bull season. Ready ready for 82 games of just all right basketball. Um yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Got league pass this year. Mm. And, uh, yeah, since I got it, found out, I, I sent a text to my roommate, Rob, who I showed the tickets with, got league pass. Five minutes later, he replies back with a screenshot of an email. Hey, thanks for getting tickets. Here's a free year of league pass. And now today, I just keep seeing if you do bet on FanDuel, like $5, here's three free months. So off to a hot start. Also lost my parlay on the Lakers <laughs> Nuggets, so... Yeah, really excited for basketball this year, man. It's uh, glad to be back. Another fan of a middling franchise, Jack McCoy and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, you know, this is a, a regional Midwest podcast. I'm in Des Moines. Martians in Chicago. McCoy, you're in Minneapolis. There's a Timberwolf on this list, but there's another Timberwolf who isn't on this list that you are the only one who is responsible for actually voting for. You want to talk about your love for Cat before we really get into everything? I think love for Cat is a strong – love is a strong word. Here's my thing with him. You need to be able to separate the art from the artist. He says a lot of stupid shit off the court on podcasts and interviews, but and he missed like 60 games last year too, which also kind of factors into what people think about him. But on the court, he's still an elite offensive player. He's gotten much better defensively. And I think there's still an argument to be made. I'm not making that argument, but there's an argument to be made that he is still the best player on the Timberwolves in the regular season. Not in the playoffs. Sure. Maybe in the regular season. So the way that we determined this list, the criteria for it was essentially, I asked the guys in the group chat, your thought process should be 75% of this is made up by where these players are now entering the 23-24 season. But there has to be an emphasis on availability and we're also valuing playoff performance more than regular season performance. So this isn't an instance where the top 25 is every single one of these guys at their peak. Otherwise, like guys like Kawhi would probably be higher. It's realistic. Like we're trying to be as realistic as possible. And I think we actually came up with a pretty good list after. So we had 10 voters, essentially 10 guys that have been on the pop-up podcast or other shows, rent money. It's me. It's Barter. It's these two. It's Masterson. It's Clark. It's Legrone, Reesberg, Aaron, and Adam Capsch. So we have a variety of guys that either watch the NBA religiously like we do or guys that maybe don't pay quite as much attention but are still in the know. Maybe they keep up more through Instagram or TikTok than they do actually sitting down and watching the Magic play the Pistons in the middle of February. That's something sickos like us do. And you know what? That's why we're on this show. So this is the first episode of what we were calling The Microwave. We'll be coming to you guys all season long, talking hoops, talking NBA, and I just can't wait. So it'll be us three, and then Masterson and Barter will also be making appearances as well. We're dialed the fuck in. Should we go right into the honorable mentions? You're a real sicko. You're a real nasty boy. <laughs> I'm as nasty as it gets. You know that. So let's go Let's go from top to bottom for the actual honorable mentions. Because the first player left off is somebody that we got to talk about. It's Zion Williamson. And 
the mention of accountability and availability, that's where it kind of comes to fruition here, right? So everybody voted and the first place votes, first place vote, let's say for example, somebody voted Jason Tatum number one, he would get 25 points because we went from one to 25. The second place would get 24, the third place would get 23. And then we'd add up all those points. The most amount of points that you could get was 250, 250 points if everybody voted you first, which didn't happen, it was not unanimous. But the first player left off is Zion Williamson, and he got 15 out of 250 points here. So we got to talk about him. Martian, what do you think of our favorite fat fuck, Zion Williamson? Jesus. Well, first off, I want more fat guys in the NBA. Yep. So load up. Did you see the Niang picture? The Niang picture is preposterous. He oh looks like God. me in an NBA uniform. It's bad. Awesome. That's sweet. Um, Zion. I'm pretty sure he's vegan, too. <laughs> so I don't know how that happens, but... With Zion, I feel like it's uh, a point that's going to be made about a lot of other players on this list. As I was going through, it was literally just like, damn, this guy could be so good, so impactful if he can stay healthy, um, which was just felt like 85% of this list. Uh, the Pelicans were what, like top three in the West? Were they top of the West when he was healthy last year? Number one seed in the West through December. I so. And then they dropped yeah. off like a fucking – it was insane. They just went into a fucking grave. Yeah, like he's a beast. It's just like – I think for this one, too, it's just because, like, obviously he's been so good. He's already an all-star. He's so young. Um, the sample size has been limited, but, I mean, it's been pretty nice. I think it's just literally been, like, he's not even amongst the top 250 players in terms of availability. So many more players play more games than him. And I don't know. Like, you just, like, you have to play, like, more than he does. Like, when you're playing, like, 25 games, like, I don't know. It's like you might be like top 25 in terms of talent for sure. But in terms of like top 25 active players in the NBA, it's literally just like you got to have a full season of being an active player to like get on the list. I mean, like if you can do it, great. I mean, cool. I, you know, it's just like with him, it's just such a question mark. I hope he plays because it's great for us as fans. It's great for everybody who loves basketball, Zion's healthy and gets to play. Because he's such an anomaly. There's nobody else like him in the league. And my big thing with him is that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, McCoy, but I don't think we're ever going to get Duke Zion back. Like if you just rewind four or five years ago, like the closeout specifically in the corner where he blocked that guy in Virginia Tech and like sent it like three rows back, the windmill 360 against Clemson, he doesn't have the same bounce anymore. And it's because of the wear and tear on the body. I There was a suspicion that he wouldn't be able to keep this up and he hasn't been able to keep it up. But do you think he can at least get back to like 26, 27 points per game for McCoy where he's like our Charles Barkley, just less explosive now? Yeah, I mean, I think he can definitely do that when he's healthy. I just do not trust him to stay healthy for a long period of time. If we were ranking him solely off of the games he was healthy last year, what would he be? Like, a, would he be like a top seven player? Top 12, I would give him. Oh, yeah. Least, yeah. For sure. He'd probably be an MVP candidate yeah. if he was the best play if you're the best player on the top team in the West, like that instantly puts you in the MVP conversation. You're instantly in the top five. Like right. He gets so much time. The numbers are there. His numbers are crazy. If you look at his numbers, it's just like, damn, I wish this guy played more 60% games. From the he gets field. so much talk for how athletic he is and how strong he is too, but he's also like maybe one of the best finishers in the league, weirdly. He I around the rim he's something like eighty percent like when he's healthy. So I don't know. He's a fucking monster. It's preposterous touch for a guy that's that big. Like, he's literally Thanos. Like, he should not be able to finger roll and finish under the basket as well as he does over the basket. Doesn't make any sense. Next guy on the list. So, Zion had 15 points. 
This guy had nine points, and they were all accounted for by Mr. Jack McCoy, and that's Carl Anthony Towns. You had him at number 18 on the list, so somebody else must have voted for him as well because that would have given him eight points. Explain yourself. Like You kind of did at the beginning of the pod, but I said that Cat doesn't stand for Carl Anthony Towns. It's actually just a pseudonym for pussy, and you said that he changed the game. How did he change the game? Because last year he had a career low in points since his rookie season, 21. He also only had eight rebounds. I guess you could credit some of that to McDaniels, Gobert, and Reed being on the floor with them. But he only played in 29 games, too. And then against Denver in the first round, 18 and 10 for the series on 46, 20, 75 splits. And anytime he gets to the playoffs, he just looks like a ginormous pussy. In the playoffs, he's been bad. I will concede that. He's so aggressive. I hate him. I don't Um, like him. (laughs) The last three games of that series, he was actually good. I keep hearing Zach Lowe refer to like, oh, Zach Lowe or uh, Carl Anthony Towns might have figured something out in that series. I think he's probably exaggerating that a little bit, but. The last full season he played in 2021, he averaged like 25 and 10, almost 50, 40, 90. So the big thing with him, especially now that he's playing alongside another center in Gobert, is he needs to shoot more threes. Because I think like the first season after Jimmy left, he was only healthy for something like 30 or 40 games, but he was shooting 42% on like nine attempts a game. Since then, he has not averaged more than like four or five three-point attempts a game. So what... It's weird because, like, the national media keep – you always hear him talking about, like, now he's the center. He needs to get down and, like, post dudes up. But Wolves fans have been begging for him to shoot more threes ever since that season. If he can get back to that, the spacing for the team's going to open up and everything's going to open up for him. But, yeah, he sucks as a person. I don't like him. Martian, I don't remember having any cat conversations on the throw and the flow or even going back. And, like, he's always been very gifted. He has tremendous touch. And he is one of the best big men, big shooting men of all time. Like, I'll give him that. He's very skilled, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on him? Are you because I'm low? He is fucking Jordan Woods. I'll give him props for that. She's bad as hell, but like everything else is just into the voice. I mean, come on, dude. It's bad. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's super gifted. It's just like another one of those things where it's like he's never been healthy. I feel like for his career. Like I remember those first few years. It was like, damn, is this the next like Tim Duncan? Like people were hot on him, and he's been around the league for a minute now. It feels like he's been around for forever. Like the last few years, it's just like he, he'll play like cr- 16 games at a time, out for five, play 14, out for 11. Like it just hasn't been like a rhythm. And no offense, McCoy, but the T Wolves, it's been, you know, rough, just history. And like the last few years, like they became like relevant and good when he became, in my opinion, the second best player on the team. No, that's true. I mean, yeah, he can't mm-hmm. be the number one on a good team. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the case. No, I don't know. It's he's good. He's great. I mean, I think it's just like sometimes a lot of guys are just like who they are. Like they're not getting yeah. any younger. I think we think a lot of these guys are a lot younger than they are. Like they're not getting any younger. Their games aren't going to change a whole lot until they're probably like in their mid thirties, and then you know, like it's just like I don't think much is changing for a lot of these guys. We know who they are. We know what we're getting. And that's fine. I always get way too excited at the beginning of the season, but I know like 10 games in, he's going to do some shit that's going to get me really annoyed and I'm going to start hating him again. So we don't have to linger on him too much longer. Yeah, let's get yeah, to Yeah, we don't have list. to linger on a lot of these honorable mentions a whole lot longer. All right, so the rest of the honorable mentions, Kyrie and Mikael Bridges both had eight points, two guys that I think could easily be on this list. Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, and DeMontis Sabonis with seven points apiece. And then J- Julius Randle with six, Jalen Brunson with five, DeMar DeRozan with four, Wemby with two. There was a rule against voting for rookies. Masterson couldn't help himself. He was the only one who had him on the list. That's fair. Let him be excited. And then Draymond Green 
and Christian Brown both had one point. Aaron voted for Christian Brown because he's a Kansas fan, and Clark voted for Draymond because he's Clark and he's a Warriors fan. Moving into the list. So the first real entry to the top 25 after probably 11 minutes of going through honorable mentions is Jaron Jackson Jr. He had 25 points. No jaw for the first 25 games of the season, so it's now the Bane and Triple J show. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. He's coming off of a FIBA experience with Team USA. What are your guys' initial thoughts when you think of the Grizzlies without jaw for 25 games? Is it Bane's team? Is it Jaron's team? No Tyus Jones anymore. No Dylan Brooks. Who kind of takes the torch here from jaw and elevates themselves towards? Like, Could Jaron Jackson be an all-NBA third-team player? Because that's where you're supposed to be if you're on this list, is get to the top 15 realistically at the end of the season. And now there's a stipulation where you have to play 65 games. It's questionable if he can do that. But when you guys look at Jaron Jackson Jr. on this list, does he belong? Does he fit in? Or is there somebody else in the honorable mentions where you're like, I'd rather have B.I. I'd rather have Drew. I think I think he belongs for sure. With him, it's an issue of staying on the court, not necessarily because of injuries, but because of foul trouble. Like, foul you, like trouble. you look at his minutes yep. per game, and you hear the way people talk about him. You see the contract extensions, defense player of the year. And then you look, if you go on like basketball reference, it's like he's averaging like 26 minutes a game. And you're like, why, the f- why isn't he playing like 32? Yeah. It's because he can't stay healthy. I <laughs> saw him play last year. Got to see him play live for the first time. And he was pretty much the entire time the best player on the floor. And Ja had a triple-double that game. Mm. And the Bulls pulled off fourth-quarter comeback. But, like, Jaron Jackson was the best player. Like, he, like, takes, like, the three and D to a whole other level. Because he can knock down threes. He's got a little bit of a funky form, but, like, uh, they go in. He's a great defender. And to the point of, like, the Grizzlies without Ja, I think they've already shown before that they can win without Ja in the lineup. They've had to deal with it in the past. I think it's more of like a Kawhi and the Raptors situation where it's just like great, great supporting cast that can just carry it without like the absence of the star. And they're already a really, really good team on their own. You throw in that elite player, it just takes them to a whole other level. I think it's just like a team. Marcus Smart in there. Pretty good leadership. Adds another level of grit. Upgrade from Dylan Brooks. Sure. Um, but Jaron Jackson Jr., dude, I don't know. He can, like, step up. I think it's, like, these 25 games are an opportunity to show, like, I can always be the man. If, like, Ja can't, like, get it together, like, I can take over this franchise. Sure. At the same time, I don't know if you can win Defensive Player of the Year if you can't consistently stay on the floor. I thought Draymond was the best defender in the NBA last year. I always think Draymond's the best defender in the NBA. But, you know, the blocks per minute kind of thing with Jaron was very impressive. So he deserved that award. McCoy, any thoughts on Jaron before we, before we move to number 24? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he looks like without Steven Adams. I assume he's going to be playing a lot more center minutes, mm. and he has not historically been good at center. But long-term, I imagine that's where they want him to be if they want to win a championship because that that just gives you so much more switchability, a center that can shoot threes. He wasn't good in the World Cup. Or I guess, I don't know, he was okay in the World Cup. He wasn't good at rebounding because he was playing at center. So I don't know, that, that's something I'm going to look out for. I think they're going to be good without Jaw. Um, Jaw's not a great defender. Replacing with Marcus Smart, I think their defense is going to be pretty insane. Number 24 on the list is a very good defender. It is Bam Adebayo. Two finals trips in his young career with Miami Heat. I thought this felt like the perfect spot for him. Number 24, it's not too low, it's not too high. But I think that every single year, Martian, we've been victims of this. We ask Bam to kind of insert himself more consistently. Like, hey, we've seen you go for 40 
and you know 12 and 9 like and be the point center for from Miami and really be the concentration of their offense when Jimmy's off the floor but he just doesn't do it every game and I think if he did do it every game he'd be much higher on this list maybe not much higher but in the top 15 range that we've kind of wanted him to get to is that is it like what you said with Cat? Maybe this guy just is who he is, and you know, there's not a lot of changing once you get to that range of 25, 26 years old. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think it's just like to like another one of those things where there is so much more talent in the league now, but it's like any other era where the top ten are kind of like the top ten, even like the top five. It's just like kind of the same guys for a while. Like that doesn't change a whole lot. There's a couple new entries, a couple guys fall out, whatever. Like being a top twenty-five player is so valuable because if you're a team with mm-hmm. two top twenty-five guys, you have a chance to get to the finals, as the Heat have shown us. And like, I don't think that's like a bad thing to like ask Bam to be like, "Hey, we need another season of you being an all-star, elite two-way guy. Uh, I think you can handle that." Like, I think that's a pretty good spot to have. Like, obviously they haven't been able to get over the hump, but they've also had to go against really good teams as pretty heavy underdogs and they always come out they always show out like you always know you're gonna get effort out of them and he might not be able to outmatch Jokic or or ad in the finals but uh you know how many people could how many people could even put up the fight right right no i think that's a great point you're never gonna doubt his fight or his effort which you might with some of the people that weren't on the list and that's like something you can count on every single night so the things that we're asking of him it's a lot we want him to be you know that Jokic role for them. And he just doesn't have quite the skill set that Jokic does. But like you said, nobody does. All right, number 23, Jalen Brown. Imagine how high he would be on this list if he had a left hand, right? I mean, like Celtics have two guys on this list, him and Jason Tatum, spoiler alert. So I guess like our 25, 24, and 23, the Grizzlies, the Heat, and the Celtics, they all have multiple guys on the list, which is pretty solid to have two top 25 guys on your roster. And that's why they're all contenders every single year. But McCoy, do you think Jalen Brown could be the second best player on a championship team? Or was last year just kind of like an off year where he was, he had the hand injury. Um, he obviously had some mental stuff, but now he got that big old bag in the offseason. He's going to be the highest paid player in the league next year, I believe, which is just absurd. I think it's going to be him and Giannis, if my calculations are correct on and the AD. Cap. But what are your thoughts on JB? And AD, good call. Uh, I think he could be the second highest scoring player on a championship team because he probably will be the second highest scoring player mm-hmm. in the Celtics, but I don't. I don't know that he's better than Drew all around. I think his defense might be a little bit overrated. He's not a good playmaker at all. Um, I don't think I had him on my list. I'm not a huge Jalen Brown guy in general. But like when he's on a stack team like the Celtics, he can definitely contribute to a championship. Yeah, we want him to be more than Paul George because that's kind of the track that he's on right now. We don't want him to be Paul George. We need him to be like Raptors Kawhi because I think you guys are right. He's probably a little bit overrated defensively, but he has all the tools to be really good defensively. And he was elite defensively in his early years but then once he took on more of a scoring load he took more defensive possessions off which is something we see with a lot of guys the guys that really stand out and are amongst the top five top ten on this list don't take possessions off on either end of the floor and that's why they're there speaking of guys that take possessions off defensively number 22 is trey young 38 points he was voted for that's right he was a super divisive player so amongst the 10 voters he you half of us didn't have him on our list half of us did have him on the list he is a statistical superstar. He averaged 27 points and 10 assists last year on 44, 36, 89 splits. And that's just over the last four seasons. So consistently, he's been a 27 and 10 guy for Atlanta, which is insane. And then against Boston last year, he kind of answered his playoff questions. 
His splits went down, his field goal percentage. But, I mean, he had 29-4-10, and 10, and he shot 40% from the field, 33% from three, and 86% from the line. But he's kind of the victim of this instance where we have the heliocentric offense, which we've talked about in the past, the 2018 Rockets, James Harden offense, where he's the ball dominator. And we thought that was going to change when DeJounte came into the picture last year. Didn't change a whole lot. This guy refuses to move off the ball. He's still the same guy. And I'm afraid, McCoy, tell me if I'm wrong, is he same way as Bam, same way as Cat, just going to be the same guy for the rest of his career? Or can we expect more out of him to adapt and change with Quinn Snyder as his coach now rather than the previous four coaches that he's fucking beefed with? Yeah, I mean, he's still really young. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a good defensive player. The big step for him to make would nope. probably be to be willing to get off the ball more, play a little bit more like Steph, run around some screens. He hasn't shown any inclination to do that yet. Maybe this full year with Quinn Snyder is the year he starts doing that. But I don't know. I used to be a big-time Trey Young hater. I've started to come around on him a little bit. I think just being being a top-10 offense basically by yourself is more va- matters more than being dog shit defensively, especially as a small guard because you can hide him um, if, as long as you have another good point of attack defender. And they do. DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, both very good defenders. DeJounte is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And then he has a good back line of defense too with Capella. And when Capella isn't on the floor, then it's a Congo. Jalen Johnson took a step up. John Collins is finally out of the picture. But I think that Trey kind of stays in that same area where he's more of a meme, the lollipop with hair, Google image search, than he is an all-NBA, like, first-team guy. Because that's kind of, like, I think he's made an all-NBA team before. But he didn't even make the all-star team last year, and he was pissed about that. But you got to prove yourself in the playoffs. All right, number 21 is Paul George. 46 points he was voted for out of 250 podcast p sexy game i've been seeing this instagram reel a lot recently where it's like yo i have no game with the ladies and then i have one sip of alcohol and then there's just a clip of paul george highlights with erica badu over the top of it marcia that reminds me of you you know one bong rip and it's like you know before that you didn't have a lot of game but then the kush gets flown in the lungs and you just become a whole different beast with the ladies dog i know you've had a girlfriend for a hot minute but like She's not listening to this. Spit your shit. Dude, PG, um, as I was going through this, going through all my list, doing all my notes, with him, it was really just like, would be higher probably, but how many games are you going to get? And then as I was thinking about that, it's kind of a miracle that he's even still playing at this elite level. Like, he shattered the shit out of his leg. Shattered Like, that was gnarly. I, it's it's a medical miracle that he even returned to the basketball court. And my thought process with that was like, yeah, of course, like he gets hurt a lot. Like, I'm sure he had shit. Like, I'm sure a lot of stuff got fucked up when like your leg bends that way from jumping 40 inches like in the air. So like a shout out Paul George, honestly, like if he gets hurt and like his legs hurt, I get it. Like, oh. good for you. It's been like, it's been a decade since that happened. He's still out dude, here. I wouldn't even walk again if that happened to me. Like he's still playing in oh, NBA dude, games would, at a very. Dude, if high I level. suffered a traumatic injury like that, no shot I would ever get back to an elite athletic level. Because one, I was never there, and two, <laughs> I just I wouldn't try that hard. I would just give up right away. I'd be like, guess uh, guess I'm in a wheelchair now. I guess I'm getting really good at 2K again. <laughs> like I think that a torn ACL or Achilles is technically worse for your career. Because, like, that's a muscle tendon. His was, like, his whole bone, though. But just the way that it looked, like, that just feels worse for your career. 
<laughs> All right, we gotta fly through some of these because we've been we've been lingering on a couple of these guys. But number twenty is De'Aaron oh. Fox. He made the jump last year. So did the Sacramento Kings. One of the most fun players to watch in the league. I think he'd be top ten on the clutch. Uh, but all of his box score stats kind of looked the same. But then his field goal percentage was awesome. So yeah, he won the Clutch Player of the Year award, the very first one, the Jerry so West clutch. award. He jumped from forty-seven percent from the field to fifty-one percent from the field, which is like. No point guards do that in the NBA. Like we just talked about Trey Young. He was at 44. That's a 7% increase from him to De'Aaron. And that's like only Kyrie and Steph were doing that in their prime where they're finishing that efficiently around the rim. Really just perfect mid-range game. He's filthy from the mid-range. And then got a little bit better from 3-2. McCoy, De'Aaron Fox, I'll double check where he is like as far as the point guards are concerned, where we have him in the top whatever for point guards. What are your thoughts on him? And can the Kings kind of repeat what they did last year? and even maybe take another step and win an actual playoff series this year. On the Kings, I kind of think they're going to be about the same as they were last year, um, which is still a really good team, but the West is so much better that I worry about where that slots them um, seeding-wise. But I I love Fox. He's a good a good reminder that development is not linear. I, I loved him like coming into the yes. league, and then he I was pretty much out on him at the end of last season, and then all of a sudden he finally kind of does what we've been wanting him to do. And your, that your situation matters a lot because Sabonis has been huge for his game. So there was also a significant amount of more votes for him than just number 21 on the list. So PG had 46 points on our list. De'Aaron had 64 points. So that was like I a had pretty him big at 15. jump. Kind of where we're getting to the 60s range. Good. Awesome. I think I had him in the same range, right? Like some guys maybe didn't watch Sacramento as much last year, so they had him lower, but they're aware and cognizant. He was on everybody's list at the very least, I believe. I saw one of his game winners live. I have not been in that bad of a mood after a game maybe ever in my life. It was it was insane, dude. He's so clutch. Like it was heartbreaking. But like I've been on the other end of it and I don't know. I also noted I put him so high because like the Kings have literally been the worst professional sports franchise in my consciousness. Like even the Browns made the playoffs. And then like in like this whole time, like the Kings made the playoffs last time I was in preschool, like and then last yeah, year. and then he's the catalyst of the turnaround of the worst franchise, and they're like what, like the four seed or whatever. They went on that crazy run, like I don't know, that weren't something to me because you take you, they were so dog shit, and he pulled them from the like they were just a dead franchise, and he completely revived them. Breathe, I mean, like the buzz in Sacramento. I mean, I don't want to keep lingering on it, but like. Yeah, like that that impact, I don't think, could be understated. The beam is lit as fuck. All right, number 19, we have another point guard. So De'Aaron Fox was the seventh point guard on this list. Tyrese Halliburton is the eighth or sixth point guard on this list. He got 66 points, so just edged out De'Aaron for the spot. He averaged 21, 3, and 10 last year, and his shooting splits were disgusting. He was almost 50% from the field. He was at 49, 40% from three, and 87% from the line. Only two and a half turnovers per game, so a four to one assist to turnover ratio. He's coming off of Team USA where he looks like one of our better players, which is very inspiring. And he's on this Indiana team that is young, fun, exciting, and he is the catalyst of it. He's not in the heliocentric mode that Harden, Doncic, Trey Young are. He's more of a move the ball kind of guy. I like to call him the hockey passer. He only had 10 assists last year, but if you counted hockey assists, he's probably like 16 or 17. And I think if he was in a heliocentric model, he'd probably get like 13 and a half to 14 assists per game because he's that gifted of a passer. I didn't see this coming out of Iowa State. I really didn't. I think he is one of the most fun players to watch in the league once again. 
I had to go out of my way to watch him last year because League Pass does this weird thing where if you're in a certain area, um, they block like central games. Like I couldn't watch Timberwolves games on League Pass. I couldn't watch Pacers games on League Pass. So I had to go and watch them through what? streams, which is a pain in the ass. League you Pass, can't watch in the central yeah, region. No, it's a pain in the ass. You can watch Bulls games. Bulls games they'll give you for some reason, but they weren't giving me uh, Timberwolves or Pacers games. And I think they were the two only teams that I couldn't watch. And I really wanted to watch both of them because of Ant and because of Halliburton. McCoy, Halliburton. He's number six point guard on this list. Can he be a top three point guard on this list at the end of the season? Can the Pacers make the playoffs? Can they make the jump? And could he be like, I think he was an all-star last year. Could he make 10 to 11 all-star games in his career? Yes. Yes to all the above. I think they probably make the playoffs via the play-in. They're probably like a eight seed, maybe six or seven seed um, if things work out really well. I like that they added Bruce Brown. They're kind of a really fun team. But he's like, he's Love so that. efficient. He's kind of like a Chris Paul that's more fast-paced. I wasn't really old enough to watch Chris Paul when he was with the Hornets, but I wonder if that might have been what he was kind of like. He does have a weird-looking jump shot, which is like the only negative I have on him aesthetically, but I wish he was the point guard on my team. I'm pretty sure he and Ant are like good friends. That would be such a fun pairing to watch yep. together. Got to see him a little bit in the World Cup, but yeah. Don't mean to break your heart, but the first day I got 2K, started a franchise with the Spurs, and I built a team that had Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Wembanyama. on it. So I was very proud of myself as a GM. Traded all my draft picks as the Spurs GM. And yeah, I think I'm 17 games into the season, just playing 10 minute quarters, going fucking ape shit. But yeah, he's he's a gift to the league. Like the fact that he became this good this fast is amazing. And I think the Kings Pacers trade for him and Sabonis ended up working out for both teams. But imagine Sacramento if they had him, man. Like him and De'Aaron in the same backcourt, if they could have grown together, they would have figured it out, I think, because he's one of the few guys on this list where I think you could plug and play him with literally any of the teams in the league and he would find a way to work. Like if he's playing with Luka, if he's playing with the Celtics, if he's playing with the Knicks, I think that he would figure out a way to make it work. He's kind of, I like the young Chris Paul comp, but he also like has this kind of like just no offense, Martian better Lonzo vibe where like anywhere that he goes, he's going to make it work. And I'm sorry, Martian. I'm sorry. I had to go there. All right. Number 18, a man that's very close to all of our hearts Probably my favorite player in the league other than LeBron. It's Anthony Edwards. I'm ashamed to have him at number 18 on this list. I'll tell you that right now because he has increased his scoring, his rebounding, his assists, and his field goal percentages, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage all three years. The first year he averaged 19 points a game. Then he went to 21 his second year. Last year he was almost at 25. So my bold prediction for Ant this year is that he becomes a 30-point-per-game scorer coming off of Team USA and he makes either the All-NBA first or second team. I don't even think he's going to be third. I think he's jumping all of them. He's going right to first or second team. I think he's one of the most gifted talents in the league. He has the mindset, and he's also the funniest player in the league by a mile and a half. And, I mean, even against Denver, like in the first round of the playoffs, when he actually had the platform to perform, he only elevated himself. He looked like Jordan. He averaged 32-5-5 and against the champions and was 48-35-85 on his splits. He showed the fuck up. I love him. I, I don't have a negative thought about him in the world. I love Ant more than anybody. McCoy, you probably like him a little bit more than me because you're a Timberwolves fan, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, he's my favorite player for sure. Um, Like you said, he always elevates to the moment. He's better in playoffs. In the playoffs, he's better in big games. He One of the things I love most about him is that he always says the right thing in every interview. Whenever he's asked about his teammates, anything like that, he gives so much credit to his teammates in every interview. It's ridiculous. Yep. He's going to be like a really good leader for this team going forward. 
I actually kind of think 18 might be the right place for him, though. I could argue that he's better than some of the guys we have above him, like Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Murray maybe. But there's been a little bit, maybe too much hype on him this offseason. He is only 22. I think a lot of people are projecting what he's going to be long-term rather than what he is right now. And he does still have some holes in his game. His playmaking has a ways to go. Um, Off-ball defensively, he gets lost a lot still, um, which is something that I assume will improve as he gets older. But I'd like to see him play like he did in the playoffs much more consistently throughout the regular season. Martian, is it sacrilegious if I say this? LeBron James oh, made the NBA Finals with a with a not very good Cleveland Cavaliers team his fourth year in the NBA. He was also 22 years old. 2007, he won against the Spurs and he got swept. But that was the year that he dominated the Pistons. He had like 29 consecutive points against them, something along those lines. He is not LeBron, if and, that's what you're about to say. <laughs> I'm, not, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But because I would never expect anybody to be LeBron. He's LeBron. But he could he do eighty percent of that? Could he get? No, dude, no one could do eighty percent of it. It's <laughs> fucking LeBron. Like three guys have done eighty percent of LeBron. He if he gets if he gets is if he, he one of those three guys? Fuck no! Know. Come on, you would know. We would know it already. He's gonna be elite. I'm, He's gonna be a dog. He's gonna average thirty points a game. He's not LeBron. If he gets like thirty five percent of LeBron, awesome, dude. That's a great career. I think about that all the time. I think about like people are always like, what if Jordan played in today's spacing? And it's like fair, dude, he would light it up. Imagine if young LeBron played with today's spacing. Like the LeBron that we've seen with this spacing has been at least 32 years old for all of this spacing. Imagine him if he was like first stint. Cle- Have you ever seen just clips of him on Instagram? First stint Cleveland LeBron. He's like as fast as De'Aaron Fox, as strong as Zion. And he jumps higher and grabs one handed balls. Like he's Randy Moss. Like he's, the freakiest person I've ever seen in my life. I was showing some of my colleagues aunt the other day because I was like, hey, should I bet him to score more than 28 points per game this season, like for the year? And they're like, I don't even know who that is. I'm like, let me just show you some interviews. And so I pulled up some interviews and then I showed them the Watana Bay dunk. And they're like, I don't even watch basketball. That's impressive. I like this guy. And so now they're all like, you know, kind of Timberwolves fans because they're like, they're close to us and he seems fun. Um, you spoiled it a little bit, McCoy, but number 17 is Donovan Mitchell. So he had 78 points in the vote. Ant had 77. So he only beat him by one point. They're kind of similar the way that they play, except Donovan's a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Career high 28 points per game last year. Four boards, four dimes with his first year with Cleveland. 48 from the field, 39 from three, 87 splits. That's nasty. But then in the playoffs against the Knicks, everything kind of crumbled. Uh, he went down to 23 points per game, five boards and seven assists. And then 43% from the field, only 29% from three and 72 from the line. That doesn't concern me as much because we've seen him be very effective in the playoffs before. But I think with Donovan, the big thing that I'm looking for personally is who's going to be the guy on Cleveland that determines their fate. Is it going to be him or Garland? Because Garland didn't get any votes on this list. I think I was very close to voting for him because I think there are games where he's just as good as Donovan. If they want to take that next step, then Donovan has to be the surefire. It has to be the LeBron and D-Wade thing with the Heat. I'm sorry for bringing up LeBron twice on the pod already. But like they have to determine, hey, I'm Batman, you're Robin, and that's how it's going to be every game because for the most part, it seemed like a pairing of two hands where it wasn't as secure and identified what their roles are. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, one of them scored 70 in a game. Right. <laughs> exactly. Be the guy that scores 70 in a game and act like it all the I time. Think, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The concern with both him and Garland is 
defense, right? Because mm-hmm. they're both kind of undersized guards for their position, which is it's kind of similar to like the Bla- those Blazers teams with uh, Dame and CJ, where it's like they can put up a lot of points, but are they going to be able comp. to get stops? I am actually more interested to see what Evan Mobley does this year with the Cavs. I think he, if he can actually like take a step offensively, that's that could be key to them like taking another step as a team. A hundred percent. I mean, they got played off the floor last year because him and Allen couldn't play together because he couldn't shoot the ball and he didn't get a single vote. And that's a guy where if you would have told me that at the beginning of last season, if you would have given me like um, plus 125 odds that he makes this list, I would have taken those every day of the week, but he didn't, he didn't even get a single vote. Um, all right. Number 16. You also spoiled this one, McCoy. It's Jamal Murray. He, on the other hand, had 87 points against Mitchell 78 and Ant 77. The 2023 playoff run was brilliant. He was the second best player on a championship team. He is an NBA Finals player. He's a champion. And he was close to Finals MVP. It it should have gone to Jokic, and it did go to Jokic. But his playoff performance, dude, 26, 6, and 7. 47% from the field, 40% from three, 91 from the line, and he played 39 minutes per game. This guy is... He balls in the playoffs. He is a great bush He has a beautiful jump shot. He's so crafty. I think that the closest I've seen anybody get to 2016 Kyrie, as far as like the style of their play, dominating the mid-range game, touch around the rim, fadeaways, post-game, operating the pick and roll, moving without the ball. That's what Jamal was last year. And it's really cool to see him get back to that level after all the injuries that he's had. Yeah, he's just got to put together a regular season where he plays kind of like what he's done in the playoffs. Because I don't think he's made an all-star game yet, which seems kind of crazy. Not but yeah, he just hasn't really done it long term, like for a long stretch in the regular season. So we've got to see see that. I assume that's going to happen this year now that he's fully healthy back from the injury. And it just kind of seems like the Nuggets are humming on a different level than any other team right now. So, yeah, they're still the favorites. But yeah, with him, it's just like they're going to be a great regular season team. All star selections for guards in the West have historically been really tough. There's a lot of guys who just like, didn't get the all-star selections they should have just because guards in the West is always so deep. Um, yeah, and too with him, like the regular season stats, like he's been banged up a little bit. He had the ACL too. And with him, it's just like as long as the Nuggets are number one, he balls out in the playoffs like he does. Like he's fine, whatever. Regular season, regular schmeezing, you know, turn up when it matters. Yeah, turn up when it matters. Number 15 on the list, uh, one of those guys in the Western Conference who's been voted to All-Star Games ahead of Jamal Murray. That's John Morant. He had 88 points on the vote. Jamal had 87. So he's kind of closing that gap a little bit here where Jamal is being thought of, and it's because of the you know, championship parade there. I just think that with Ja, it, it's, it has nothing to do with the on-the-court stuff. It's all off the court. He would be higher on this list if he didn't have you know, a tendency to listen to a shit ton of NBA young boy and who can blame him? You know, I'm not the biggest NBA young boy fan in the world, but once he gets in your system for a week or two, you do start acting a little bit differently and that's just what he did. So I, I'm excited to see Ja come back. I'm going to miss him for the 25 games that he's gone and I hope that he can correct his issues. Yeah. I think he's getting buried on a lot of like the mainstream lists or whatever. Like ESPN had him like so far down, which I think is like everyone knows is silly. Like, Obviously, he's such an elite talent. Um, it's just another thing with him, too. Like He could probably be higher, um, a couple spots higher, maybe. Um, it's just a matter of availability. And I think that factors in like, the lists. Like, 
with him too, like sure he gets injured here and there or whatever, like a guy that plays that high and that fast, like they're going to get banged up. For him, it's just like, especially too, like with the contract you're getting and the signature shoe, like it's got to be the guy. It's a good team too. They finish high every year. They got a shot. It's just like put it together. And, you know, having Marcus Smart, D. Rose even there, like I think that could be good. So, and he's young. He's young too. He's just like, what happens when you give a a twenty year old kid two hundred million dollars? You know, it's always an experiment. Um, so, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine what we would have done with two hundred million dollars, you know, like as juniors in college at the University of Iowa. I mean, like he's I doing summit. Yeah, like he's doing stupid. <laughs> and exclusively shit. played future. That would have been like what I did with my money. Yeah, like you can't deny that what he's doing is pretty dumb off the court, but you know. Whatever, he's yeah. Hopefully, he figures it out. I would have gotten my PT cruiser. Right, pop quiz time. <laughs> it's pop quiz time. Number fourteen is Kawhi Leonard. He had ninety-two out of two hundred fifty points. How many games do you guys think that Kawhi played in the regular season last year? Multiple choice: A, thirteen games; B, twenty-seven games; C, forty games; or D, fifty-two games. How many games did Kawhi Leonard play in the regular season last? I'm going season? C. I already Googled it. McCoy goes with C, 40 games. How, how about you, Martin? What do you think? Well, I already know the answer. Oh, do you? Why, did you Google it? Or, did you cheat on this test? I already test? Googled it. Well, I was looking at how many games he's played. All right, go ahead. What's the answer? It's the 51. It's 52 right. games. Yep. We have this preconceived notion that he doesn't play a lot, but he played 52 games last year. He did get injured in the first round. He's never played 60 regular season games for the Clippers and has missed an entire year for the ACL. For my notes for him, really talent-wise, top 10, but you just don't know when he's going to be on the court. Talent-wise, top five. Like, in yeah, Phoenix right. first-round series, he was oh dominating God. them. 34, yeah, dude, he's so good. It's literally just six. like, it's the unfortunate reality of today's NBA, I guess, where like literally so many of these guys, it's just like, yeah, we know exactly who he is. Just like, we don't, we don't see him too often. <laughs> 55% from the field, 60% from three. I've never seen that before. A 5% jump in field goal percentage, three-point percentage in a playoff series, especially against the Suns, who are guarding the living shit out of them, and 88% from the line. That's insane. 34, 6, and 6, 55 from the field, 60%. From, I had to say it again because it's so insane. Yeah, I hope Kawhi can play basketball because he is he's just an asshole when he plays. Like He's so quiet. And he has like this very soft demeanor that's so popular and famous now. But when he plays, he just looks like a bully out there. Like the rip that he had on KD last year, where I think KD just did like a simple like rip through sweep and Kawhi just stuck a hand in there. He's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing, dude? This is my ball. I'm going to go down there and dunk this shit. Just an animal. All right, number 13. This guy has a new team. His second team of his career. He's been in the league for, I think, 13 years now. It's Damian Lillard. 105 points out of 250 for the vote. He's in Milwaukee now. I'm very excited for this experiment. Cannot wait to watch them play. I'll probably try to watch 25 to 30 Milwaukee games this year just to see. I mean, he's never played with anybody as good as Giannis. Very few people in the history of the NBA have ever played with anybody this year. I'm traveling up north to see him for sure. I got to see him at least once. Got to go see that game. Like, yeah. It's a match made in heaven. I can't imagine. He's lethal. For him. And it was like, you know, the Miami rumors were circulating around the entire summer. And I saw the fit there. But I don't even have to like think about the fit with with Milwaukee. It's just going to be seamless. Like that pick and roll, McCoy. Is there a deadlier option in the NBA? Maybe Jamal Murray and Jokic. 
handoffs, pick and roll, just their two-man game. But is there anything else that even pales in comparison to Damon Giannis? No, I, I can't think of anything. It is so weird because, you, like you said, usually with some of these superstar trades, you're worried about the fit. But I that just seems like a perfect fit right there. I, I guess the big concern is like their perimeter defense now because they lost Drew. I'll be interested to see, though, yep. a lot of times players like Dame, when they're in a situation where they have more reason to try on defense, they can actually become a better defender. So I'll be interested to see if he's more motivated on that end. Number 12 is Jimmy Butler. Feels low. He had 134 out of 250 points. We just keep disrespecting this guy. I mean, he does all of the Michelob Ultra commercials. He sells big face coffee. He probably gets any bitch in Miami that he wants. I can't he should even probably be top 10. He should be top 10. I had him at I 11. Felt... I even noted, I was like, should maybe even be top. Like, he should. He's been to two finals in the last four years, purely <laughs> on effort. And dominated everybody on his way there. Like, yeah, everybody like, in the Eastern Conference. God, I fucking. Why we, we suck? God, why we have Zach Levine? He was on my team, too. Could have him. Yeah, he was a well, he hated your yeah, team. No, he, understandably so, yeah. But he had Tibbs at both of your guys' joints. God, God like, damn you it. You know what? Everybody else here is a pussy. I'm going to go play for Spo. Dude, and it's so conflicting watching him because it's like, I want him to succeed or whatever. But he's doing it on the heat. And it's just yeah. like when he was on the Bulls, it was just like, fuck the heat. He was always talking shit. He's like, I'll never wear a heat jersey. And now he's taking the heat to the finals. Yeah, fuck. God damn it. I'm sorry. Can move on. Number 11 yeah. is Can Anthony Davis. Oh, I have some thoughts on this guy after tonight. I'm not too happy with him. 145 out of 250 points. The fact that he's above Jimmy Butler on this list is sacrilegious. I might make an executive decision, and when we drop the graphic, just switch them. Because yeah. he doesn't whatever you want it. in Jimmy Butler's attitude is not what you're getting from AD. I think he had 17 points in the first half tonight, and then he was donut in the second half. Yeah, it's not acceptable. It. It's just... I, I hate People, to be I hate to be the grumpy the grumpy old white guy, but quit the fucking ballet. Every time he gets hit, he's fucking he's flying on the floor, he's flopping around. He's always I wonder why he's always hurt. I, you know, fuck it. He's always just falling and just like if ah, I got fouled, like he's always in the cameraman or the stands. Like, just try to stay on your feet for once. Maybe you can get an offensive rebound and a putback. Like I don't get it. Like I for like, I don't, he plays so much smaller than he is. He's so frustrating to watch because he could be so I'm, good. He I'm could be a top five him. talent or whatever. But it's I do like, it every year. I do it every single year. And he's we, not we 18 anymore either, too, is the thing. Like, he's been in the league for like 11 years. Like, he's not He's yep. not this 23-year-old, oh, my God, this is the next big guy. It's like time to take over. He also, he fucked my parlay, too. It's just, <laughs> oh, that's where this anger is Well, no, too, from. it's just watching him, too. It's just like the slipping and the sliding. Like, get new shoes or something. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. It's just like... Stop wearing Kobe's, dude. Wear some high tops. Like I, I can't <sighs> fathom a guy being six foot eleven, seven foot, wearing low tops. It doesn't make sense to me. Unbelievable. I was a big guy in fifth grade. I wore high tops. That's just he what you do. And on grade. the layups too, he just he go he pushes away, go in. He is he is a monster hey, defensively though. I hey, Disney, that series dude. against the Warriors hey, last year, like they could not get to the basket. That was one of the most absurd things I've ever watched because I kept betting on the Warriors and I was so frustrated, but there was nothing they could do. Step it up, street clothes. Step it up. Okay. Positive time, Martin. Can you do positive time right now? Because McCoy just made a very generous offer. He said he's very good defensively. He is. He's one of the three best defenders in the league. I know when he tries, he's so good. But you know what? He also can't guard Jokic. 
And when they needed him guard Jokic and be a better defender than Jokic was offensive player, there was no answer. And that's kind of what it all boils down to, especially in that conference. You know, if he's going against Embiid in the playoffs, sure, I'm sure he'd lock his shit up because Embiid doesn't show up in the playoffs. Then you're not allowed to be a top 10 guy. I don't even know why. I was so high on him, too. Like, I was just, like, ready to defend him. And then tonight, I was just, it made me mad. The good news is he isn't a top 10 guy. He's number 11. Number 10. Number 10 is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Speaking of smooth, I want to see some Erica Badu music over a Shea SGA highlight. That would be so sexy. The bumps, the finishes. He's just like a sexy gazelle that belongs in a Chanel commercial. Every single designer brand should have a cologne named after this guy. 152 out of 250 points. The Thunder are going to make the jump this year. I don't even feel bad about having him at number 10. I only feel bad about having people over Jimmy Butler right now. I'm sincerely regretting that. But like SGA, baby. I mean, I I feel like I got to start talking a little bit different when I talk about SGA. I think I got to put on some Marvin Gaye in the back room type shit. Like he is... He's hot. The glazing dude. is off the that. charts, dude. I mean, he is dude, so hot. I, I saw, dude, I saw a tweet today. I was somebody, somebody it was replied to his Skims ad, and there was like a highlight reel, and the quote tweet was, this is the first time I've ever seen a Shea fan tweet his highlights. <laughs> Which is true. It's literally always just like every NBA tweet, just like, he's so fucking handsome and sexy. I've I mean, never seen, I seen anybody be like, God, he's... His pruner defense has really improved. It's always just like, God, look at his he sweater. 31 points a game last year. 30, 31. No one ever talks it? about it. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody talk about it. It's literally always just like, God, I just want to suck him. Okay, this is this is a basketball podcast. So he averaged 31, 5, and 5.5 five and last year, and his splits were 51% from field. Darren Fox, we talked about it. Guards do not do that. That is big. I didn't mean numbers. to get so angry. I apologize. I don't know. I'm so angry. You're, you're just mad. It's the AD thing. It's going to change your attitude the rest of the podcast. We shouldn't even talk about it for that long. 35% from three per Shea. And then what was he from the stripe? 90% from the stripe. He deserves to be talked about as a sex icon. Dude. Because when he steps on the court, he changes shit. The defense is crazy, too. Just 1.6 oh. steals in one block in year four. He's, Dude, the Thunder. He's thunder. Uh, Thunder Bulls tomorrow. The Bulls are going to get absolutely waxed by I the saw, Young Guns. I saw the Bulls it's were favored be, in that game. I think I might have to. Yeah, that doesn't make something on that. any sense. It's going to be. McCoy, let, let, let me ask you this, McCoy. Would you trade all of your years of KG fandom for Chet and SGA? You have to give up those memories. They don't exist anymore. KG was never a Timberwolf, but you get SGA and Chet. Are you doing it? The worst hypothetical of all time, but I think it's. An honest question. I get SGA and Chet right now with Ant to pair with Ant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that. Oh, just give you SGA. We'll take Chet out. Of the, we'll, let me take Chet out of the equation. You get SGA. No Chet. Chet was unfair. We still got Gobert and Cat and McDaniels. Yeah. No, that team's winning a championship. Yep. I would definitely do that. Okay. I love KG. You just threw out the big ticket I, well, like that? The thing is, KG left the Wolves in like 2006 yeah, or 2007. So I didn't really get to watch him that much. My. Biggest, ah, totally my unfair. biggest memories about KG are playing NBA Live 2004 because I played that game like all the time. But an animal in that. Oh game. yeah, also an animal NBA season. Live 06, and he's the cover of 2K8. Um, all right, moving on because yeah, we just glazed SGA. God damn, another guy we got to glaze though, Devin Booker. I mean, come on, 172 points out of 250. 
another sex icon, boys. I mean, he should have been on the Skims cover. I'll stop being so funny. I'm sorry. My goodness, golly. Devin Booker is a very gifted basketball player. He is very fun to watch, and I think that he could be a contender for MVP this year, an All-NBA first-team contender. Easily. He could also also be either the first or second-best player on an NBA Finals team. He was the best player on a Finals team. Can they win the chip? That'll be – that's to be determined. But very few guys I like watching get hot as much as Booker because he's a different kind of get hot where he's not like Steph pulling up from 36 feet. He's like, I'm just going to shoot with three hands in my face from 19 feet, and there's not shit that you can do about it. I'm going to get whatever I want, score from anywhere on the floor. There's no such thing as a spot on the floor for him. The whole court is a spot on the floor for him. The spacing is going to be crazy, dude. I, I went to one game last year. I saw KD on the Suns. And the one thing that stood out to me was this is going to make Devin Booker so much better because what are you going to do? Not double team KD? Yeah. Like, the, and now you throw Brad Beal into the equation. Like, dude, the spacing is going to be nuts. Like, you can't. Like, they're going to have to pick one guy to double team. And it's really just going to be like, you just got to chill on the perimeter and just, like, hit your shots. Yeah. And la- I checked like 10 Chris minutes Ball ago. Fandom, and Beal is just way better for them. He already had like 15 tonight. I haven't checked in, in a minute, but like. He's already back to it. Like, no surprise there. Buckets, you're around. He's a bucket getter. Uh, I'm a huge KD guy, but are we sure that Booker is not better than KD at this point after that series against the Nuggets? We're not sure. Because he We're definitely could be the that. best player on that team now. I mean, KD's still putting up elite no, numbers. But... KD's coming up. Um, number eight is Joel Embiid. The reigning MVP. 33, 10, and 4 last year in the regular season on 55 from the field, 33 from 3, 86 from the line. You never see centers shoot 86 from the line. That's insane. It speaks to the touch. He's so good. But again, it happened again. The reason he's number 8 after winning the MVP, which could be a shocker for some people listening to this and seeing the graphic, is because of the playoff performance. Uh, 24, 10, and 3 on 43, 28, and 82. For his splits. I mean, a nine point drop off is just unacceptable for an MVP. You can't do it. Uh, I love Joel Embiid. I feel bad about this, but it's just like. I do too. I want, to do, I want to do so well in the playoffs, and I know he wants it. It's not a matter of wanting it. It's just there's something in the back of his mind. Maybe it's being in Philly. Maybe it was having Doc Rivers as his coach. But like, we thought it was Simmons, and it wasn't Simmons. Yeah, Doc is washed. I, I don't know what it is. Can you guys explain this to me? Like, I think why? I think too. I I said I I noted that it felt disrespectful, but at the same time, and especially because he's reigning MVP, stat line's crazy. But at the same time, too, it's like it feels disrespectful. But then you look at the next seven guys, and you're like, yeah, it's, it's a tough fucking call to make. Like he's elite. He's one. He was MVP last year. And what, at the MVP debates or whatever, it's, it's kind of just like it's grown tired now. Like It's exhausting. Yeah, it's just like it's not even fun anymore. It's not even a fun race now. It's just like yeah, whatever. But uh, I think dude, that this year will be more fun now that he's won one because that was kind yeah. of the inner debate was Jokic. Him, Jokic, back to back to and back. Giannis yeah. all have them. So now it's like, all right, we got it. Next slate, yep. come on in. Yep. Who's the next three yep. that we're going to Tatum run Booker, into the ground for Luka. the next three years? Who's going to get one two years too late when one of the other guys should have won it? You know, it's just going to be a cycle. Hopefully, things work out for him. I really, really like him. I've always been a big MB guy. Um, I want to see him succeed. And, you know, health is always a question mark. He missed those first two years. So 
I just want him to capitalize on this time where he can be, you know, the healthiest and the best player. I would love to see him win a championship. I think he's, uh, I think he's very deserving of it. I do want to mention these next two guys together because yeah, I that's think fair. of them as simpatico. Um, I have a lot of notes on both of them, so we can spend some a little bit more time on these guys because they deserve it. They've earned it in their careers. Kevin Durant is at number seven. He had 193 out of 250 total points. LeBron James is number six. He had 194 out of 250 total points. Sue KD first. This motherfucker right here had an all-time shooting season last year, and I don't think we talk about it at all. The only person I see talk about it is Kurt Goldsberry, statistician for ESPN, Texas professor. He literally invented his own club, 56% from the field. Let me repeat that. 56% from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw line, 29, 7, and 5 for the season. I cannot begin to state how impressive that is because KD doesn't get guarded like other players do. Even Luka doesn't get guarded the same way that KD does. LeBron doesn't get guarded the same way KD does. When a defensive coach is trying to come up with a game plan for KD, they just look at their iPad and type in Pornhub.com on their Safari and decide to beat off instead and then procrastinate it for later because they can't find any answers. Nobody's been able to do it in his entire career. As long as he's on the floor, he is he's got. He's a guy. I feel and like the game plan the a little bit. Okay, I'm good. Go ahead. I just feel like every time like a dude like finishes a series guarding KD or like has a game against KD where he drops like sixty, their answer is always like Yeah, what was I supposed to do? It's Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's literally always just like they're like, Oh, Kevin Durant averaged forty points a game. Why was it so hard to stop him? And really just like, I don't know, he's KD. Like, what do you like literally what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? That's he's one of the like, funniest press he, conferences ever. The he's Clippers one of the best offensive players Will. ever. Yeah, they're asking Lou Will and Pat yes. Babb. They're like, Why couldn't you guys stop KD tonight? They look at each other and laugh in the middle of the playoffs. They're like, He's Kevin Durant. Like, what do you mean? What a stupid fucking question. Quit asking us that. He yeah, shoots all like, jumpers. To shoot 56% when you're shooting, like, all mid-range jumpers is just absurd. Dude, and yeah, he gets banged up or whatever. He had the Achilles thing, and then he's still out here hooping. And he's he was drafted in, what, 07? Like, yep. of course he's going to get hurt, dude. He's like, these guys are old. They're just like, things are changing. They're just good for longer. He got injured in warmups last year, which was weird to see. That video of him like rolling his ankle yeah. right before the playoffs. And I think that's what affected his playoff performance because he was still 29, 9, and 5 against Denver, but he dropped to 45, 22, and 88 for his splits. Um, I'd never seen him shoot that poorly before. It was like a real shock to me. I was like, what? he just has like this effect on you. Like when you see him get an open look, you're like, that's going in. I'd be surprised if it didn't go in. And you right. can't say that about a lot of players. It's like him, Clay, Steph. That's kind right. of the end of the list for wide open jumpers that I know are going in every single time. All right, number He's six. One of the best bucket getters of all time. Maybe the yeah. best if you're talking about pure Huber, Hoopers, you know. But easy money. Let's talk sticker. about the GOAT. Let's talk about the GOAT. Number six, LeBron. He was like pretty much consensus, number six or seven for everybody on their voting. Um, it was kind of cool just to see LeBron, LeBron, LeBron still year 21. Um, so he got the scoring title last year. Round of applause for that. I mean, amazing. The milestone watch for this season is he's going to join the 40,000-point club. I say join it. I mean create it. Nobody's ever done that. He's also going to probably get 11,000 rebounds and 11,000 assists. There is no other player in NBA history. The history of the NBA. There's not a single other player. Not Michael Jordan. Not Carl Malone. Not Magic Johnson. Not Larry Bird. Not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nobody. 
in the 27,000, 7,000, 7,000 club. He's going to make the 40,000, 11,000, 11,000 club. That should be the number one argument for people and their goat argument for LeBron. Like Michael is at like 34, five and five. Great. That's an amazing career. Nobody else does that. What LeBron has done for this long is insane. Last year, he officially became a member of the Lakers longer than he was a member of the Heat, which I thought was interesting because we remember that era so vividly because of the stories around it. There wasn't as much social media, but it was kind of the inception of social media, really. And he had like the villain role. He won two chips, yada, yada, yada. But his averages since becoming a Laker, age, what, 35 to 39, 36 to 40, whatever it is, are 27, 8 and 8. His career average is 27, 7 and 7. And he's been shooting 50% from the field, 35 from 3 and 71 from the free throw line, all while playing 35 minutes per game. Nobody else has ever done that in their career where they play this many minutes this far into their career. You think about Kareem in year 18, 19, or Dirk in year 18, 19, or Kobe, they're all around, you know, maybe 16 minutes per game. Some of them are on 31 to 32 minutes per game. Braun's still putting up 35 a night. Was great in the Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets. Could have done a little bit more scoring, but he still averaged 28, 9.5, and, and 10, almost a triple-double against them. And the last time that he was swept in the playoffs, this is an important note, was the 2018 Finals against the Golden State Warriors, who are the greatest team of all time. And the next time he arrived in the playoffs was 2020, and he won the bubble championship. So I'm not saying they're going to win the championship this year after being swept, but I am saying that that concentration, that level of focus, which is already second to none, I think is just going to go up a level, even though he's going to be – is he going to be 40 this year? I think he'll be 39. 39. Maybe. But I He mean, looks good he, tonight. He's LeBron. Yeah, he looked great tonight. He what a at one point at one point the Lakers were plus seven with him on the floor and like minus seventeen with him off. He was moving pretty good, you know. It's just like LeBron, he's the heartbeat of the team. We saw it last year when he really turned it on. He's just like he's fucking old, dude. He's in year twenty one. <laughs> like it's a mere it's amazing that we're talking about him as the sixth best player in the NBA. He was drafted in 2003. He he was drafted less than two years after 9-11. <laughs> that is insane because, like, we love Kobe on this podcast. Kobe is one of my five favorite players of all time. But you remember your 20 for Kobe? It was a lot of videos of really? practice. Really? We're going to talk Jeremy about Lynn. tragedies involving, involving aerial vehicles, and you're going to bring Kobe into the mix? That's not the con- that that wasn't the comparison I was making. Come on, too soon too. Um, R.I.P. Kobe, the god. McCoy, I don't even know your thoughts on LeBron. Are you a LeBron hater? Are you a LeBron fan? Are you like the guy that hated him when he was when you were younger and then you learned to love him? What's your relationship to him? Because I think everybody is kind of consensus like they have to respect him at the very yeah, least. Yeah, I definitely respect him. I think he's the goat. Probably. Um, I did add that probably in there. I know it's the wrong podcast to not think he's the goat. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. it's weird. I was like a huge LeBron fan when he was with the Heat, and like a little bit of his early Cav years when I first started watching the NBA. And then I was a huge Steph fan. So then, as soon as he started playing Steph and the Warriors in the finals, I kind of started to not like him a little bit. But I don't know. I've I've grown back to like respect him. I don't really like the Lakers, so that makes it difficult. I'm curious. Do you think he's still going to be around this range next year? Like, when are you anticipating? A fall off has to happen at some point. Not even worth it's, not even <laughs> worth speculating. It's like that one tweet, LeBron's gonna be thirty soon. This fuckery can't go on much longer. He'll probably we'll probably be doing this 
in 20 years and be like, I can't believe that LeBron is in year 41. He is playing with his grandchild on the fucking, who knows what expansion team he'll be on. It's going to be insane. Bronny's got to get to work if he wants to have a grandchild anytime here soon, man. I mean, he's got a lot of a lot of talent out there at USC, so he could probably make it happen. But shit, like, that's the thing. He's gonna play with his kid. He's like, it used to be like a pipe dream. Like four or five years ago, it's like, man, imagine if LeBron did the Ken Griffey Senior, Ken Griffey Junior thing. Now it's only a year away, and Bronny's probably not an NBA talent right now. I'm not sure. I mean, he had like the whole heart issue. I hope he's okay and all that kind of stuff, but it's actually feasible to not just play with Bronny. And if he stays at this level, he could play with Bryce too in three years. And it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. He's an anomaly. The, the day he that, drops off will be the day that he drops off. You know? Yep. And you know what? I'm not looking forward to that day, but it'll happen at some point, I guess. But then again, like Martian said, it could be 2045 and we could be, you know, on the verge of an apocalypse and he'll still be pouring in 25 a night. All right. Number five. We're entering top five territory. This is a very important territory. Number five on the list is Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. Hashtag Duke in the NBA. Only Duke player on this list, I think, which is kind of shocking. No Ingram, no Kyrie, no Zion. Yeah, Tatum's only Duke player. He was the most divisive player in the top five. So he got 206 out of 250 points. He received votes as the second best player, the 10th best player, and then people also had him anywhere between three and nine. So... What does Tatum have to do this year to prove to the guys that voted him 10th that he's a top five guy? Because I think he averaged 30 last year, made it to the conference finals again, was, I don't know, he's not KD, nobody's KD, but 90% of KD, he's getting to that range where he's very, very gifted offensively, very versatile and valuable defensively, and by all means, he seems like a winner. Is there another step that he can take this year? If can he win the MVP? Let me ask you that simply. Can Jason Tatum win the MVP this year? Sure, but I think he can only go up one. I think he can only go up one notch. Okay, where we're at. If you do process of elimination, if we're going to go by numbers, how many spots he can jump off, barring Father Time really coming for one of the guys that we're going to talk about, yep. I he can maybe take the four spot. But realistically, I don't think he's hopping into the top three. And number five is not a bad place to be. I think that he could get in the top three. I think he's my pick Here to win the MVP. Cause, and I hate the Celtics, Me but too. I think the Celtics are going to be really good. I hate them. I think they're going to have the best record, really and good. he's going to put up like 38-7 and seven or something. The big thing for him is like continuing yep. to improve his playmaking, probably get a little bit more efficient. I don't have the stats pulled up, but I feel like he was a worse three-point shooter last year than historically in his career. I kind of, I think he's like so boring, though, as a person. I feel like he's never said a single interesting thing in an interview and he's just using his son Deuce to like leverage like fame and like improve his celebrity. But he, he himself is just a very boring individual. And I don't know, maybe that's just like coming from me hating the Celtics, but I, I kind of hate Tatum and yet I'm picking him to win MVP. You're kind of right. Um, 30. I kind of like that. He's boring. I guess year. it's better than being like John yeah, or something, like but definitely better than that 100 percent. we can't say that it's not but i've um we were talking about snapchat before we hopped on this call and like the snapchat news area like right below your stories and he always shows up on mine i think i'm following him though um but every tuesday he just has like the most boring tacos in the world it's just like 
store brand <laughs> tortillas. Taco that Tuesday. They aren't fried. They aren't like to- torched or toasted or anything like that. And then just ground beef, lettuce, and cheese. And it's just like, oh, Damn. Casey Panem's having tacos again. This is really tasty. <laughs> He's the man. I love JT. And that's it's a product of him being a Duke guy. But yeah, I mean, his shoes are kind of cool, I guess. He has a signature shoe with Jordan. Uh, but yeah, he's not like you remember when he had the tattoo on the on his back and he forgot the apostrophe and like God's will or something like that. And it was just like <laughs> so it meant like God's will. It was, it was interesting. All right, number four on the list. This is who I think he could jump ahead of Luka Doncic. So Luka had two hundred eight points. Tatum had two hundred six points. So Luka barely hedged him out. Kind Pause. of the same question with Tatum. Can he win the MVP? Is he lost? <laughs> Can he win the MVP? Can the Ma- I don't think the Mavericks are going to be good this year. I'll just say that much. Like the Kyrie Lucas situation, it doesn't really inspire me, despite the fact that I love both of them. But kind of the conversation we had about Trey. Can he change? Can he go outside of the heliocentric model, even though that's what he's experienced ever since he got to the league? Can he make the jump? Because statistically he's like LeBronish, like you know yeah. 31 8 and 8 but then defensively that's where he's not LeBronish at all he's closer to Trey Young in that range but he's when he commits tubby, to the defensive floor, he's a little bit better he looks good this year though he looks like he's gonna be in shape this year and the thing with him too is I think he would like I think it's just like generally accepted like damn this guy's really fucking good I think yeah. he'd be talked about in a completely different light in a more positive light if the surrounding cast around him was like actually good. If he was like making passes to like really good players and like just had like a really dynamic offense and team around him as opposed to being like, I guess like now a two man show with Kyrie, but originally just being like pretty much just him because Porzingis was playing like 30 games a year. Like, let me ask if McCoy, let me ask you, you know, this. Would you rather have Luca or Ant? I mean, it's weird. Because I, Luke, Luca's definitely a better player. He's like so much better at playmaking. Sure. Obviously, I think Ant has more potential though, just because he can play both sides of the ball. I don't think Luca's ever going to be a very good defender. I'm biased just because I already have a developed relationship with Ant because we drafted him and I've rooted for him every year. But I, I think I might say Ant. See, coming from an objective standpoint, if I was a general manager, even just being me, honestly. I only think Luca knows how to play one way and it's dribble, dribble, dribble seven seconds on the shot clock, make a decision. Whereas with Ant, like he's more like Halliburton. I think it's the Halliburton test. Really? Can you plug and play him in any offense? Does that make sense? Martian? Is that like a sacrilegious thing to say? I mean, we have one guy on the list at four Luca and one guy at 18 and Ant. so it, it seems ridiculous, but I don't know. Athletically too. They're just, I mean, they're completely different. Like, sure. I think Luka, too, is just, like, the European style. It's the Jokic. It's not as athletic. Like, has to play a different way. He can control the game to his own speed, which is, has always yep. been, like, his biggest talent. Um, I really think it just comes down – literally, I think it just comes down to, like, the supporting cast. Sure. Like, because you look at the Nuggets, like, top to bottom, they're a great team. Like, they just play so well as a team. I think if the Mavs were able to – figure that out it would be like a Jokic situation because like the numbers aren't that different but yep. you look at the final records and they're completely different I think the it's just like the league so the league's so talented now and the west is so deep like 
it's a, it's a different era. You're not, you're not going to win with like one good guy is not going to like drag you to the second round of the playoffs. You need to have a full team. You need to have. The Mavs are starting a rookie center, uh, Derek Lively. I think is his name. Derek Lively. Yeah. Duke, oh, he's a Duke guy. Duke in the NBA. I think yeah, they're going to be dodgy, so, but he's going to put up insane numbers because yeah, because he's just going to shoot the ball or he's going to shoot the ball or get an assist every possession. Yeah, I think it would. I think I think it would be completely different if he just had different guys playing around him. Um, but like, all right, so, so who works with him then? Because now he's going to have Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, guys who can spot up and shoot. And I don't love Grant Williams, so I don't even know why I mentioned his name. But he needs a rim running center, which he's always had, and either Dwight yeah, Howard, Javale McGee. He had Wood. Like, t- like, he has Kyrie right next to him now. Like Kyrie is his second best player. I know Kyrie's unreliable, but even when they did play together, they were still losing games. So, like, the question to my own answer or answer to my own question really is if I was a coach, I would rather have Ant because I have more flexibility with my offense. I can run whatever I want. As a general manager, I'd probably want Luca because of what you said, Martian. The European style. These guys don't get hurt. Like, they play so low to the ground already. They'll be able to play this way when they're 34. Well, yeah. Like, right there, like, the second name you throw, it's Tim Hardaway. Well, it's Kyrie first. First it's Kyrie, and that's Seth Curry. But even then, they're very good players. Kyrie's Kyrie. Like, you have those two guys. It's a great foundation. It's just like, I don't know, get three and D guys who didn't get drafted in 2014. Um, Ideally, you just put them. Get get competent centers, get younger, athletic, have guys that can, like, run the floor that Luka can just, like, grab the rebound, boop, just toss it down, you know? If you just put them on the Nets roster right now. I think it's asking too much. Just put him on the Nets with all those 3D dudes and Nick Claxton. Yeah, he's talked about in a completely different light. It's just like everyone's like, oh, my God, this is a goat. Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's on the Nets right now. Those are guys that he's played with. And he made it to a conference finals two years ago. We should say that. Like, he made it. And he's obviously demonstrated that he can perform amongst the best of them. Like, the Clippers series always come to mind. He played neck and neck with Kawhi. But I'm getting to the point where I'm getting like Harden or Martian. We were early adopters of that model of offense because we love James Harden so much. And I'm not sure if it was yeah. as much the style of play as it was the swagger that he had and the fact that he was like the chance to throw in the Warriors. The beard. The beard, right. Like it, it, he was James Harden. He was our guy. But then it just kind of got old after a while to watch. Like I'd much rather watch. The Golden role State's players were more now. fun though. You know, like we were like yeah. following like Dan House on Instagram. Like it was just yeah. like, it is, it is completely different. PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. Yeah. yeah do not like, fuck, not Grant Williams. Well, for Grant Williams Woo. first year. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> wow. Luca and Grant Williams. Can't wait to watch that. I'm definitely going to tune into that 9 p.m. on League Pass. All right, speaking of the Warriors, at number three, we have Stephen Curry. Wardell, Stephen Curry, 230 of 250 points, greatest shooter of all time. What is there? Let me ask you guys this. You guys follow golf at all? McCoy, are you a golf no. guy? No? Okay. Martian, are you a golf guy? He's really fucking good, dude, if that's what you're about to say. I, I wasn't going to – I know he's really good. I use I him. I use him. Topic, like, I use him PGA. exclusively in PGA 2K23. He's Fire. a beast. Do you know what his overall is in that? The overalls are really weird, but he is higher rated than a lot of the professional golfers in the game. <laughs> okay, so anytime I ask like a golf fan, do you think that Steph could play on the PGA when he retires? They look at me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, all right, so maybe not that. But if he never would have discovered basketball, basketball didn't exist in his household for some reason. And his dad wasn't an NBA player and his dad was a professional golfer. 
could he have been that guy in golf? And then I asked them that, and they're like, I've never really thought about that. Well, yeah. Probably. probably. And I think, too, like, all, but I think, too, a lot of these NBA guys, like, you saw, like, Dwayne Wade's hole in one. Probably it's just like they have so many confidence. resources to get good at golf, they have the confidence. They have the athletic ability, and then golf is literally just like you. They can just go to the PGA store and be like, "Give me your best clubs," and I'm also just going to get lessons that are like five hundred dollars an hour with the best guys. Like, and the, the, they already have the discipline to get good at, especially with like a swing and shooting, completely different motions. But like, stuff's pretty damn good at figuring out a motion and mastering motions and following through and yep. positioning your feet and using your eyes, hand-eye coordination, like. I think he has all the tools. Like he's so good at taking his arms, putting something between his hands, and making a ball of various sizes go into various holes. Like <laughs> he's just good at that. He's, he's one of the that. best. He's yeah, the goat. He's, he's the goat at putting the orange one in the holes from far yeah. away. Golf, dude. Like it's just like he's a freak of nature. Makes you think too. All that stuff about him being a cop series. <laughs> could be some could be related there. I don't know. He's putting other guys' balls in ice. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you, you is said. there a better playoff series than Warriors Lakers? I mean, you said you bet on the Warriors every game against the Lakers last year in the playoffs. Was that frustrating to watch Steph get suffocated by? Them? Yeah, even when they won, I was like, I when they won one game, I was like, I don't think they have any chance at winning the series because AD was just way too yeah. big for them. That's just their same issue this year. They're still too small. They didn't really solve that problem. Yeah, Chris Paul's old as fuck. I'm I'm not super high on the Warriors this year, but um, I do I do think Steph's gonna still be incredible. His game is gonna age gracefully because he's just the best shooter of all time. You two are so fucking funny because both of you have said something so perfectly, and it means two totally different things. Martian said it earlier about LeBron. He simply said LeBron's old as fuck. And it was like in like a graceful way where it was like we were celebrating the fact that he's this old. And McCoy said it just so downtrodden. He's like, Chris Paul's old as fuck, dude. Like they're going to be relying on that guy for 30 minutes a night. Like it's not going to look great. All right. Number two, the moment that everybody's been waiting for. Which guy do we have at number one? Which guy do we have at number two? This is the consensus that they're the two best players in the league. I think two other voters had somebody else, whether it was Embiid or Steph at number two. Uh, But number two on our list, the cumulative list with 237 out of 250 points. Is Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, coming off of a first-round playoff exit in which he was injured against the Miami Heat. Won a finals MVP um, two years before that. So still pretty fresh on our minds. But now he's going to be three years removed from that title. And it's time. It's time for him to go get a second one. He is a good enough player that he needs to win more than one championship to really solidify and justify himself. And not just a top 25 players in the league list, but a top 25 top 15 players of all time list because he puts up the freak stats he's always like 31 29 points per game somewhere in that range 12 to 13 rebounds four to five assists and then like a block and a half two blocks and a steal two and it's the same Giannis that we've seen the last couple of years he adds like one or two tricks to his bag every year but then I think when it comes down to I'm going against the Miami Heat in the first round he kind of returned to that form last year and he had the injured back so he wasn't able to pile drive his cock through their lane and that's kind of what i'm sorry that was kind of the scenario we were in right like he didn't i guess he worked with hakeem olajuwon in the offseason 
I would love to see him post up more this year. I would kill for that. I've been asking him to play center for forever. And I like Brooke Lopez, but if he just played center, it would be so much easier for them. And now he has Dame, which will make his life easier on offense. Am I, do you guys agree with me that he needs another title? McCoy, does, does he need another title to really enter the KD conversation? I would say so, yeah. I think most people have put him in that conversation because they're anticipating another title. Um, right. Well, what he needs to do is start just setting more screens and committing to be a role man because that's how they won the championship was Chris Middleton was their primary ball handler. And now they have Dame. Yep. I've heard a bunch – I know you shouldn't read too much in a preseason, but I've heard Bucks fans complaining that he was still taking the ball up the court a lot and like shooting threes. He needs to just stop taking like pull up threes because that it's not an efficient, an efficient shot, especially now that you have Dame on your team. Like terrible shot. Let Dame take those shots, you know. But if he commits to doing that, considering how effective he is in the post and how effective he is around the rim, that might be the worst shot in basketball. And he's not the worst shooter in basketball, but a Giannis three pointer when you have the option at so many other looks just on a the waste. court, that might be the worst shot in basketball. Yeah. Waste of a possession because he's not there to offensive rebound it. He's 25 feet from the basket, and he's a really effective offensive rebounder. Martian, you've seen him in live a ton. He's one of the freakiest people I've ever seen live. Yeah. What is it about him that, I mean, all of these guys in the NBA are fucking, my, my good friend Mike Cerrone, who was on the show a few weeks ago for the Drake episode, he calls them modern Spartans. That's kind of his theory for them. Like when you go back to the Roman Coliseums and see the Spartans fight, those were the most athletic freaks that you could see. That's what the NBA is now. And he is, um, what's the guy's name from Gladiator? Maximus. He's Maximus. Like He is one of one freak. Are you not entertained? Yeah, I mean, I did, I, I'm lucky. I've been lucky to have witnessed his, his rise for sure. Um, getting to see like them get in the playoffs for the first time. And eventually get to the championship. I think, I think if he were if he retired today, he would be a hall of famer. His resume is astounding already. Yeah, I think another title helps his legacy. Um, I think we've already seen with this de- decade, we haven't had a a repeat champion in a while. I think there's a lot more parity in the league. I think shit's getting a lot deeper. Yes. I think the Celtics probably have the best starting five in the league, but. I don't know. Porzingis is a real question mark on that health. Um, you know, both teams maybe sacrificed a little bit of depth to get <clears throat> a little bit stronger in that top five. But I think they're the clear cut two best teams in the East. Um, I don't know. I think the Dame stuff will help. I think it'll be, I think we got to see how they, they merge. I think he definitely needs to like fully go off ball. I, I've witnessed that a lot in Bucks games, him just getting rebound going up, putting up the three yeah. that you know is not gonna go in. Maybe he'll make one. Maybe. But like But he has that innate ability of getting a rebound a and pushing and a transition. It's so effective. Like it's it's moderate LeBron. Yeah. And I think with him he got like he was that skinny Greek kid, whatever the story was good, that he really took that leap. The descent was fun. He's the face of the league. There's a ton of talk with him, and I think it kind of became like almost a LeBron thing where it was like, yeah, this guy should win MVP every year. He's clearly the best. Where I think we maybe the last couple of seasons, Giannis hasn't been like the focal point of conversation. It's been a lot of the Embiid, Jokic because it just got to the point of like, yeah, Giannis is really good. What else is there yeah. to say? 
where that just kind of happens in some guys where they get so good that the attention kind of goes away from them because it's like, yeah, we know Giannis. But, but LeBron, probably the best player in the league, but he's not. We got to bring other yeah, guys there, in. There's one other guy that's better than him, and he deserves to be there. He's the reigning finals MVP. Um, he had eight out of 10 first place votes. He, <laughs> the fact that he's the best player in the league is insane. Nikola Jokic, 200, so 248 funny. out of 250 points, almost unanimous, two idiots away from being unanimous. It's, Dude, he was drafted <clears throat> under Did you see his stat line tonight? No, what was it? It was like 27, 14, and 12. <laughs> exactly. At, and he does it so quiet. Every single time. You don't even notice yeah. it. It just pops up and you're like, where the fuck did this come from? Where did he get, uh, where did he get 60 combined points, rebounds, and assists? <laughs> I was watching the whole game. It just happens. It just happens. He is. He's it's been the best regular season wow. player statistically for a while. But now last year, the playoffs mm-hmm. just validated all of that. So now it's like, how could you not yes. put him number one? He, did, he literally did the same shit. I think it's because he's yeah. so nonchalant. <laughs> I think it's truly his not I don't a modern, fuck attitude. He's not a modern spark. really plays into that. Or could, no. could he he's be there to do his job? He's kind of like a. Like Shrek, almost. I don't know. He's got some grown man strength. He just sure. outsmarts the other I team. Like he, I feel like he would be on the chariot. Oh, yeah. He would yeah, be on sure. a chariot guided by elephants. He'd, he'd be taking advantage of every resource and gadget that he had, and he'd be like, "You guys have you guys ever seen the movie? What is it? Uh, damages or something like that with Angelina Jolie, where she's like spinning bullets with her gun, like she like knows how to like shoot a gun in a way where she like <laughs> she like moves it while she's shooting it, and the bullet like." She can like control it with her mind in midair. That's what he does with his passes. It's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, just the back door to Jamal Murray tonight, where he's at the elbow and it's supposed to be a dribble handoff. Murray doesn't get it and he keeps curling and he just like kind of just softball lobs it over the top of the defense. Like, that looks so simple. I think that's what it is. Is that he makes the most difficult things in the world look so easy, and that's what we talk about with LeBron. It's passes. It's it's passes that only him and a fat 40 year old guy at the Y can make. <laughs> yes. Correct. Yep. He is the third revelation. And him just being a monster too helps. Cause if he just like throws it behind his shoulder, like most people aren't even tall enough. I'm also under the impression that like this, I don't really care that much. I like hor- my horses more attitude. I'm starting to think it's all fake and he's doing it. So his opponents continue to underestimate him. No, 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 no. I know he loves his horses, but I think he likes basketball more. I I think he never really thought he was going to get here. He got it as a second round pick. It was like, oh, okay. Showed up and just played basketball and was just like, just happy to be the best guy. He's kind of like the big Lebowski. And it just kind of kept happening. And then he lost the weight because he was just like doing NBA practices probably. So it was just kind of like melted off. And it's just like, oh damn, it's not I'm too good. I can't leave making so much money for horses. He's like, gotta be he's just pretty stuck. competitive too though. I remember when he got in that fight with uh, yes. was that Marcus Morris a few years ago? Marquise. Mar- yeah. Was that Marquise? And then there was a, he had know. some beef with Booker like during the Sun series or something. He's like gotten pretty heated sometimes in yep. games. We haven't seen it for a while, but But then he like yells at them and then he like pats them on the back yeah. and he's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> And then just like runs away. Like he just like I don't know, I love it. he's just so goofy. I think he's the big Lebowski of the NBA. Where when the Coen brothers made that movie, they were like, This is our chill vibe movie. We're just gonna put it out there. We know it's pretty good. 
but like we're just gonna put it out there for the masses and then it became the defining movie of an entire generation and it's like celebrated as like a cult classic like he is our cult classic like real nba heads know yeah it was, when they just, watch it, was him, it was a like, it was a great guy. accident yeah, exactly like uh, think about how close the nuggets were to trading him to portland instead of nurkic like they knew that they should Before, hold on to Jokic, it, but they traded Nurkic so they could give Jokic more opportunities. He wouldn't have been in the NBA pre-internet because nobody would have known where to find here, him. Here's my concern: He's 28. He's a product. Is of he the just going to be this good Shit. for 10 more years? Because he doesn't rely on athleticism at all. He could just be. That's the he Luka could win thing. like seven MVPs. That would kind of be fucked. It it would be fucked. Um, Why not? I would love it. I think it'd be very cool. But like that's why if I'm a GM, I think he's done. I don't think he gets. They're the top one. two ones that I want because they can do this forever. Like they, like what they're gonna get less athletic. Okay, like fuck, they still like are the best geometry angle defining people in the league. And my thing with him is, does he want to play that long? Like I could see him being like, I'm 33. I'm gonna bow out. I got three rings. I got a couple of MVPs. Jamal, you can come visit me once a year and ride a horse. If you don't want to ride the horse, then you can't visit me once a year. I feel like that's what he's going to end up being. But like, I have I have to imagine that three hundred million dollars yeah. is really tough to turn down. True. But if anybody's going to turn it down, even for him, even if it's like, dude, like, I don't love my job, but if they were like, hey, I'll give you three hundred million to stay, oh. I'd be like, ah, all right, yeah, you got me. Cool. All good right, call. fine. I'll be there at 8.30. Okay, so let's run through it really quick. Let's go through the top 10. Our top 10, Shea Gilgis-Alexander at number 10, Devin Booker at number 9, Joel Embiid, reigning MVP at number 8, KD at 7, Ron at 6. Then our top 5 was Tatum at 5, Luka at 4, Steph at 3, Giannis at 2, Joker at 1. Do we have any serious issues with this list other than we wish that we would have put Jimmy Butler above Anthony Davis and probably SGA? No, once I got to the top ten, I was honestly I felt good about it. Yep. Quite pleasantly surprised yep. how much it lined up with mine. Good. Did we record this podcast for too long? Was yes. an hour and a half of us talking about hard dicks going through lanes and balls being juggled. Was that too much? We spent too long on the honorable mentions and the shittier guys, probably, yeah. but They'll listen to whatever we put out, McCoy. You just got to feed it to them. Feed it to the streets. And you know what? We love them for that. They love it. So thank you guys for listening to the Pop-Off Podcast. piggies their slop. This has been the first episode of the Microwave for Jack McCoy, for Jack Martin, a.k.a. The Martian. I'm Ralph Campiano. Thank you guys for listening. We'll have a graphic out on this later this week. Make sure to tell us what we went, where we went wrong, where we were right. Um, and we will see you guys with Rent Money and the NFL Week 8 later this week with 40. See you on the other side. Peace out. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Yeah.